0: Well, good morning and welcome back to Southfield. Uh, I love the, the slides that were put together, the images, pictures of our, of our time just at Green Lake. a little sneak peek. Yeah, oh, right. That's just throwing together got, a, got a some couple
1: f- pictures to kind of get us fired up for the video and everything. So, right,
0: right. Yeah. So I don't know about you. I I think I'm close to recovered. I mean, I'm still a little, I wake up a little slow, that sort of thing. But the biggest thing this week was I was completely disoriented. Hard to figure out what day of the week it was. I mean, I was just everything got all mushed and muddled. It's, it's I don't know it's that it
1: has so much to do with <clears throat> Green Lake as so much as it has to do with the, the end of the 50s.
0: Oh, oh yeah, thank you. There we go. There we go. <laughs> I hope someday your child does the same to you. Anyway, that would be fun. <laughs> I had a few things about Green Lake that I, that I, you know, last week was so full. It was yeah. hard to say everything that needed to be said, but so much goes into pulling that week together uh, by so many of you, that, that don't go on the trip but that are a part of what happens. The number of people that were able to provide uh, scholarships for kids and help for kids was was amazing. I mean, the trip cost what? 250 bucks. 250 bucks for, you know, I mean, it's it's cheap for that trip. And yet still, I mean, if you got a few kids going yeah. or whatever, it makes it difficult.
1: Yeah, it was really cool. Um, obviously, we, we do like the the payment plan at the beginning. so. If, if you sign up early enough, you can pay half, or you know, pay pay along the way. pay as you go, and some of those scholarships we were able to to look at the people who um, were unable to pay in full right before the trip, and and gift them the second half mm-hmm. because of the generosity of our congregation. It's just it's phenomenal. It's a it was a really moving thing. We got a lot of thanks for that. Uh, but we know that that thanks is really thanks to you. So, so thank you so much for supporting us in that.
0: And then the other piece that I think is really neat is not just the way you've given, but uh, even people beyond the church that literally have no connection mm-hmm. outside of someone going here. Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, we're able to get all the produce, fresh produce from Webster's up in Ripon because Dennis Borens works for that company and he's able to get it for us at a discount, which is great. And this time around, as we went to pay, his boss said, "It's free." And and in a you know you know what's happening with prices of <laughs> grocery, uh, prices of groceries for him to say it's free was just mind blowing. Seriously, mind blowing. And it wasn't like <clears throat> brown bananas and no. mushy apples.
1: I mean, it, was it was all really good, great stuff, produce, so just inc- wonderful,
0: incredible gift. Wonderful. And then uh, Tom Surges's boss. This is the second year that. He provided a trailer for us to pull on up there and then also provided a new truck to pull it and all the gas for it. And, and that was, again, mind-blowing. Uh, I believe it was Robert Klusney. If I have this wrong, someone will correct me, but uh, we had this fantastic jerky for breakfast. I know it sounds strange, but you got to get your protein. And, and yesterday or the day before, I'm, I'm at Walmart in the checkout line and I see a strip of this stuff. And it's it's 250 a strip. Mm-hmm. and and we had a table full of it yeah and and what i love about that is i i can't say that all these people gave because because they you know they're really thrilled about what southfield's doing they gave because of, the, because of the relationship that that person has with their boss and the reputation they have with their boss. Their, their love for Christ is shining through to the point that this person recognized, I want to do something to help you. So that's what we're supposed to be doing at work, right? That's the way you live out Christ in front of other people. And they see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So I just, I thought that was, that was amazing. And then I would throw in as well, from the people that were there, uh, just the number of adults, whether it is uh, refuge leaders, revive leaders, or, or other adults that go along that take off those days of work, take a vacation week, to be there with us and this time around we arranged it a little differently so that those leaders were not just they weren't just stepping in for a portion of the day they were there from early morning to late at night as you said last week some of them were taking kids fishing at 5:30 in the morning and catching the lunkers of a lifetime i mean it was just it was amazing what was happening but i i love i love the connections that those adults made with the kids and those connections that they now bring home to this place are really phenomenal so uh we'll we'll put green lake in the box now i promise but i just you needed to hear those stories because there's so much that goes on beyond what you see that, that's so vital to what happens. So you got your weekend update this week, and, and there's just a, there's a lot of stuff. You can see it. Um, we're, we're having baptisms all summer long. If you've been looking to, to declare your faith in Jesus through baptisms, you can either do that at one of the outdoor services, July 3rd, September 4th, uh, at the river or here at the church pool. And honestly, we can arrange for other times during the summer too. So if you're looking to pursue that, all you need to do is sign up. We'll contact you and get, and get that date and time set up. I know we've mentioned this before, but uh, there was a really cool time
1: that, that my small group, this is going on two years ago now, uh, but we had a, a baptism ceremony as a small group. So I know that journey groups aren't running throughout the summer as they typically do, but if that's something that, that you want to do with your journey group, contact
0: them, talk to them, and then talk to us about getting that set up, because that's a really cool option as well. It's, it's really it's really meaningful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quest is a week away. Yeah. It's very, very close uh-huh. now. And so uh, one of the things that we wanted to start getting, getting in the mindset is that the, the day starts at 9 o'clock. And normally, like for church, if if church starts at 9 o'clock, it's nice to arrive five minutes early. 9 o'clock is really literally the time that the gate will open. So you don't have to be here 15 minutes early if you're here 15 minutes early you'll be sitting in the car waiting for the gate to open. So opens at 9 and we head on in. Mm-hmm. You also have a donation list there of of some snacks and whatever snack items that are needed uh, in order to feed our volunteers throughout the day. We've got the outdoor service times there again July 3rd and September 4th. So uh, a lot a lot of stuff. I have other things there that I'm going to talk about in just a just a few minutes, but uh, before we go on, do you have anything else? Student stuff? No, we're off today. Um, we're
1: actually for, for Revive and Refuge uh, and have had a lot of questions sent out a remind for refuge last week. Uh, but with how many people we have involved in, um, in Quest and how many people are you know, double dipping Green Lake and Quest this two week period as, as I get older, uh, I realize the value of, of having that time to breathe. And not have to, to constantly be in go mode. So, uh, we are taking these, these two middle weeks between camps off so that we can be rested and, and geared up for quest. And we'll, we'll have some events coming in July that will be
0: um, shared through Remind. So, we're, we're big believers uh, in, in the Word of God. And the Word of God teaches, without question, that a life begins at the point of conception. And so today is your first Father's Day, which is kind of wild to think, right? Today is your first Father's Day. Last week, Brian announced that Brian and Riley are going to be having a baby on on December 18th or thereabouts, and so uh, we're excited for them. And I thought, for your first Father's Day, I wanted to bring you a couple of gifts, all right? So I'm I'm going to bring these on over. There's a, these are, yeah, these are fun. So it's Um, funny, on
1: the way in, I actually heard a a radio uh, station talking about the different but like fathers were being interviewed and asked, like, "What do you want for Father's Day?" And guy after guy after guy was just like, "Nothing. Leave me alone. Uh, give me a give me a collared shirt and let me sleep. Uh, but then one of the one of the consistent answers too was was coffee. So. So I guess so. You,
0: your I love the coffee; it's wonderful. <laughs> I'll drink it all morning. Yeah. I was trying to think, you know, what's the perfect, perfect Father's Day gift? Something that will last throughout the years that you've got this little uh, regret in your life. And I, I, really, I can say honestly, I don't have, I don't have a ton of regrets as a dad. I really don't. Uh, I love, I love the way fathering worked. I love, the, I love the outcome. Three kids I have are phenomenal. Um, the, my, my. <laughs> My regret, if I have one, you know, there's. I love the movie A River Runs Through It, and at the end, they, Robert is narrating, and he says, uh, eventually all things merge into one and a river runs through it. Great quote, and the way I take that, eventually all my memories merge into one <laughs> and a river washes it away. <laughs> Boom. Uh, you know, there are so many moments that, that I had with you that I don't remember. I just they're gone or like we'll talk about when did we take that vacation or when did we do this or when did we do that and the Google Calendar is kind of helpful for some of that but still there's so many things I just missed and so what I wanted to do is I got you a ten-year journal two ten-year journals you're giving me work two ten-year journals all right (laughs) this gets you to 2042, which actually, your grandmother will be 100 years old in 2042, if you can imagine that's that, crazy. right? So at, when this kid is 20 years old, Grandma Pap will be 100 years from that birthday, which is just, you know, it's, it's phenomenal. But the, I love these because what you do is just, this isn't about writing 5, 10, 15 pages. This is what happened today, literally, Green Lake, boom, that's it just the little memories along the way that you're able to go ahead and write down, keep it somewhere. I already wrote down... I uh, remember how to write? I already wrote down... Uh, Grandpa gave me this book on my very first Father's Day, so that's there. I, I couldn't remember which day. That's why this is so important. I couldn't remember the date we were told about the baby, and so later today I need to write that down, but <laughs> it's, only, it's only a few weeks out, and I'm already like, was it that Sunday, was it that Sunday, so and got you a nice pen to go along with it, so yeah, you do have a little homework, Riley, you can keep up with it too, you're, you're both, I just think it's important to have those memories that a kid can go back and look at their 20 years of life and know, we did this on this day or that on that day, and, and hopefully, hopefully it won't all merge into one, and the river will wash it away for you. The other gift I have for you, though, this one's going to kind of kill me, because um, you guys were dating and talking about and getting engaged, and I found a gift at Cracker Barrel. And I have kept it in my file cabinet probably for a decade, kept it that long. And sorry. I, you know, well, I think fig- <laughs> I figured it'd be about 20 minutes and turned out to be about 20 years, sorry. but, um, so anyway, I just, I have held on to this. I was driving home from Green Lake and I was like, I can finally give them the gift. So hold on.
1: I'm sorry to like keep running through family history here, but there was a father's day where my mom bought a shirt for you that was going to come from all three of the kids. And it was bought at Cracker Barrel and this shirt. Miraculously disappeared. The lost we have shirt. No idea it's where never that, that shirt up. went. We moved. We thought we'd find it during the move. Not there. So this is
0: not the shirt. This is not the shirt. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> the sad kid. It says Baby Illini. That's right. Baby That's Now right. the funny thing is that thing is so old that it probably has safety recalls on it. So. Yeah. It's probably made of something toxic from the love canal. Who knows? It's definitely got got emotional safety. (laughs) 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 So I have had that forever. Well, thank you. Forever. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. (laughs) And as with all good gifts, this is the first service, so you don't get it until the second. All right. It's always fun to have to come back and reenact in -hmm. the second service. Well, why don't you sit down and watch this video together with me about being a dad.
2: God, you are my father. Because of the sacrifice of your son, because of your grace and mercy, and forgiveness of my sin, Speaking as your son on Father's Day, I've come to ask you for help for the son you've given me. Please make him hungry for wisdom every day. Cause him to quickly lose his appetite for the foolishness of the world. Help him to recognize your power and all that you've made and to grasp the meaning of love you showed him on the cross. Give him the courage to escape the sins that will trap him pride that will blind him to his need for you. Bring him to the moment where he will fix his eyes on Jesus and begin to run the race you've marked out for him. Thank you for making a way for my son to be your son. Help him to become the man you mean for him to be.
0: As a man, it is my privilege to know what it's like to be a father and to know what you are like, God, because of that. Because of the love that I've had for Brian, Shelly, Nate, Riley, I know you better. And I'm so grateful. The things I think you might be, the things I might imagine in my own spirit, when I become a dad, all of a sudden I realize so many of those things I thought you were, that's not you. You're the one who stands at the end of the path waiting for the kid to come home. Never turning away. Loving completely. Forgiving totally. Accepting unconditionally. What a beautiful gift you've given the world in fatherhood. Help us as followers of Jesus Christ to not diminish it. Help us to not allow it amongst ourselves to just become part of the mush. Help us to realize that when we diminish fatherhood and motherhood, when we diminish male and female, we lose an image of you. We stop seeing you for who you are. It is a gift to be a man. It is a gift to be a woman. It is a gift to be a father and a mother because it gives us the gift of knowing you in all your wholeness better as we understand the image of God imprinted upon us. And so we thank you for this tremendous gift, and I thank you for the gift that you've, that you've given my son of being able to be a father as well. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> we had a tradition years ago... Um, I think it started on Black Road, but as I've already said about my memory, um, as I get older, my my memories get creative and they crumble. So I might be wrong, but I don't think I am. We started a tradition way back then of using our summer series as something we called a deep dive. We wanted to look at a particular book of the Bible or a subject and just really, really dig into the pieces of it. And as I was moving into summer, um, I was looking at a particular book of the Apostle Paul. I was looking at 2 Corinthians I love second Corinthians and I promise you we're going to get there but I got detoured I got detoured when we went off to Green Lake and Brian brought 2 Timothy on out and we looked at 2 Timothy 1-7 and that idea of fanning the flame the gift God has given you uh, through the laying on of hands for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity but of power, love and self-discipline and that verse just kind of exploded on me again. I was like, I want to go back and really understand more deeply the book of 2 Timothy. Think there's so much going on in that particular letter that is relevant to the times in which we live. Obviously all the Bible is relevant, but there's so much about it that is that is relevant to this moment. One of the things I love about both Second Corinthians and Second Timothy is they are some of the most uh, they're some of the most emotional books of Paul. I mean, you look at the book of Romans, not a lot of emotion. You look at the book of Galatians, not a lot of emotion. You look at the book of 2 Corinthians, and it's just oozing with emotion. Paul's been misunderstood by the church. There are people spreading rumors about him, and he's feeling the need to defend his reputation and to repair the relationship. 2 Timothy's emotional for a different reason. He's at the end of his life. He knows this is it. He's sitting in a Roman prison. He's waiting for a trial, and he pretty much knows that trial is going to result in his execution. And he's writing to a spiritual son in the faith, someone who he has come alongside and seen him grow into a pastor, and he loves him deeply. And so I just think I love the, I love the emotion of both of these letters, and it's part of the, the emotion that's drawn me uh, to, to look at these. So we're going to take some time throughout the summer to dive deeply into several portions of this four-chapter letter called 2 Timothy. He begins by saying, This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I have been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. All these, all these letters begin the same way. We sign a letter at the end if we write letters at all anymore. They, they signed the letter at the beginning. You're opening a scroll. You got to find out who is this from. But not only who is this from, by what authority do you have to say this to me? What gives you the authority to speak these words to me? And so Paul comes right out of the gate and says, I'm Paul, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ sent by God to bring you these words. So we get the authority right up front. This is who's writing this. This is the authority I have to share this with you. And then it goes on to tell us who it was written to. I am writing to Timothy, my dear son. This is not just a a throwaway sort of sweet comment. He's not just saying, oh, I love you, kid. Let's get on with this. He He is sincere in his love for this man. He's, he's been part of spiritually mentoring him, and he has a deep and abiding affection for him. And then he gives kind of this traditional salutation, may God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. So, so we get the beginning, we get the beginning. And then chapter one, I think chapter one just fits beautifully on Father's Day. Because as we read chapter one, what we hear is what Paul wants to say to his spiritual son. These are, this is a message that's important for him to speak to his spiritual son, remembering that Paul is writing this from a Roman prison knowing I could die any day. I've got some things I've got to say. I've got some things you've got to hear. And chapter 1 in particular lays out, I think, words that are just beautiful. I, I question myself, what, what would I say to a spiritual son? These are my final moments. What are are the things that need to be said? Maybe flip it a little bit. What does every kid need to hear? What does every kid need to hear? And I would say particularly, what does every kid need to hear from the men in his or her life? It's true that we all need to speak these words, but I think there's tremendous power that comes across when these words are heard from significant men in our lives. So what would you say to a spiritual son? Chapter 1 gives us a great list, a great list of things to say. And we begin with we let them know how much they are loved. We just need to let them know how much they are loved. He begins by saying, Timothy, I thank God for you. The God I serve with a clear conscience just as my ancestors did. Night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again. And I remember your tears as we parted. I want to be filled with joy when we're together again. I mean, right out of the gate you get, you can see this is a special relationship. Right out of the gate, he says, I love you, I love you, I love you, don't miss that I love you. He begins by saying, I thank God for you. When's the last time you told your child or a a person you're mentoring, a significant spiritual child, I think of you and it just brings thanks to my heart. I am so thankful for you. I'm afraid for a lot of our kids, I don't know that they'd know that the significant people in their life, particularly the men in their life, are actually thankful for them. It's got to be said. It's got to be spoken out loud. He says, I remember you in my prayers constantly. I think it's not enough to just pray for our kids. We need to tell our kids we're praying for them. They need to know, I bring you before the most significant person in the universe every day. I bring you before him all the time. That's how much I love you. He says, I long to see you again. I miss you. I remember that you cried when we were parting, and you fill me with joy. Your presence, memories of you, your character, it makes me burst inside. I am filled with joy every time I think of you. These are words every kid needs to hear. We know full well that those aren't words every kid hears. In fact, I, if you think back a generation, my mother-in-law will tell you, she never, she never heard the words, I love you, from her mother. There was this mentality, there was this, there was this mindset that if you told a person you love them, they'd, they'd be weak, you, you'd, you'd be doing some damage to them. I think our generation has done better, and I think we still have a lot of work to do. Unfortunately, we're pretty good at at degrading our kid, telling them the thing they could have done better or, or the thing we wish they would have done and not always telling them that I thank God for you. You bring me tremendous joy. You know, it's interesting. I think all of this that Paul does models again who God the Father is. Do you remember Jesus is baptized He comes out of the water, the Holy Spirit descends in the form of the dove, and we hear these words from heaven. This is my dearly loved son who brings me joy. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We hear these words from heaven. This is my kid, and he brings me joy. It's interesting when you look at Mark's version of this as well as Luke's version of this. They word it just a little bit differently. God from heaven says, You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You're the son I love. You're the son I love. We we see it again in Luke. You are my dearly loved son. You bring me joy. You know, I think it's one thing to tell our kids we love them. It's another thing to say it in front of other people. To let your child in front of other people know you're proud of them. To, to, to take that moment of speaking the positive, I think for so many of us, when we're talking, I'm afraid this probably happened a couple too many times after Green Lake, and sorry if it happened in your house. I suspect at least a few parents said, sure wish you'd work around the house the way you work at Green Lake, right? <laughs> I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. I probably did once or twice as well. What if instead our kids heard us bragging on us to someone else, bragging on them to someone else instead of, instead of posting something nasty about them? Bringing the joy to the moment. That's a reflection of, of who God is. It's a reflection of who God is. Then we have that moment on the transfiguration, same thing, where this voice comes from heaven. This is my deeply loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. So in one case, he's saying publicly before everybody, you are my beloved son. In another case, he's saying, this is my beloved son. There was no question that the father loved the son. There should be no question on the part of our children that they are deeply loved by us. Verbally, we tell them, you are deeply loved by me. Second, we remind them what they're made of. We remind them what they're made of. We remind them of the history and the mystery. Paul, uh, Timothy's history Your grandmother was a believer, your mother was a believer, and now you're a believer. And we need those moments that we remind our kids of their spiritual heritage, of their significant spiritual moments. I think especially in those moments that they might be sliding or slipping, we come back and we say... I remember who you were as a kid. I remember when you came to Christ. I remember your baptism. I remember the spirit you brought back from Green Lake in 2022. I remember that about you. He recalled the spiritual history, but he also recalled the mystery the mystery, this is this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. That laying of hands is probably a depiction of that moment of ordination when Paul declared, This is a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and through that he was given spiritual gifts in that moment. This mystery of, of the spirit within us. The spirit resides in all of us who are believers. So we need to remind them both of their history of coming to Christ, but also also the mystery of life in God and how it works, that God's given them gifts and that they need to use those gifts and not allow fear and timidity to hold them back from full expression of those gifts that God has given us a spirit of of power and love and self-discipline and to lean into that, they need to be reminded what they're made of, that 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 they're made in the image of God and they're made to serve the purposes of God. The world is constantly trying to redefine who kids are and what kids are all about. We need to bring them back to their history and to the mystery of God within them. The third is to help them see their blind spots. This isn't easy, but whether it's a spiritual kid or our own physical kid, from time to time, we need to stop and say, you know what? If that keeps happening in your life, it's going to land you in a bad place if you keep taking that path, if you keep up that habit, and sometimes it's just something little and small, you got to know the kid well enough to know you keep doing that, this is where that's going to land you in your marriage. This is where that's going to land you with your boss. This is where that's going to land you with significant people in your life. So there need to be those warning signs along the way that say, you know what, I see so much good in you, but I got to admit, you know, we're all broken. We're all sinful. And here are a couple of areas that need some work. Even the best of kids have a couple of areas that need some work. Help them see their blind spots. Timothy's blind spot was his fear and timidity. He was a fearful person. He held back. He didn't didn't lean all in. And here he's got the apostle Paul who doesn't seem to have a timid moment in his life. And and you can see Timothy with the hesitation. He's just not sure if he wants to go there. And Paul's saying, man, you got to go there. In fact, in chapter 2, verse 1, he says to him, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. He recognizes there's a weakness there. you got to bring the strength. But you know what I love? He doesn't just say, you need to try harder. You need to buck up. He says, God gives you this strength. Tap into the strength that God has given you. This is part of the history and the mystery. You're a child of God. And so you have this strength within you. Next, as we look through chapter 1, we need to warn them of the hazards to come. we got to warn them of the hazards to come. And i got to tell you, I, you know, Born in 63, it was was a pretty decent season. It was a pretty decent season. There was a lot of good stuff going on in life. My season of life had a lot of good stuff going on. I look at this season of life and I go, man, I, I do not know that I'd want to start out as a pastor in 2022. It is a tough, tough season. Everything's being redefined. Everything's being messed up. Everything is a disaster. It truly is. And our kids need to know. If they're going to hold their head high for Christ, it is not going to be roses (laughs) and cherries. It's going to be a hard, hard walk. They need to know it. He tells Timothy, Never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. Don't be ashamed of that. Don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison with the strength God gives you. Be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. Come to church. We're going to have a good time. Be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. And Paul knew suffering. Look at these words. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed but not driven to despair. We are hunted down. This is a pastor. We are hunted down but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. I'm not gonna name names, but there are a lot of preachers out there that have never seen this verse. They only talk about la-la and good times, health, wealth, and all that. What's Paul saying? Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Christ, That's the truth of the word of God. That's the truth of the word of God. He says, yes, we live under constant danger of death. Did you think that being a Christian would leave you under constant danger of death? You're like, wait, I thought being a Christian was supposed to make my life easier and nice. What happened? We live in constant danger of death. When the culture wants to attack the church, we go, they're supposed to love us. We're we're nice. They're not supposed to be... We live under constant danger of death. That's the truth. That's the truth because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. You know what he's saying? People see Christ best in us when we suffer. People see Christ best in us through the way we handle pain. Not through, you know, hey, look, I got a million dollars because I love Jesus. This is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. He's starting to give an eternal perspective here. Yet they produce for us A glory that vastly outweighs them all and will last forever. So we don't look at our troubles that we see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we can see now will soon be gone. The things we cannot see will last forever. You go over to chapter 11. Listen to him. He says, I work harder. I've been put in prison more often. I've been whipped without number, whipped times without number, and faced death again and again and again. This is a great pastor recruiting video right here. Five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. One time I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. One time I spent a whole night adrift at sea. I've traveled on many long journeys. I've faced danger from rivers and robbers. I've faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as the Gentiles. I've faced danger in the city, in the desert, in the sea. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty and have gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for the church. I've heard a lot in ministry circles lately that over the last several years, and especially during COVID, a lot of pastors have quit. A lot of pastors have quit. And I really wonder what recruiting video they watched. Because I think they really thought it was going to be all about flowery beds of ease. They really needed to read this, they needed to hear this, and they needed to hear from their spiritual mentors there are hazards ahead. As followers of Jesus, there are hazards ahead. We need to warn them of the hazards to come. We need to teach them what really matters. He says, hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Be careful to guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. We could spend about three sermons right here. The only thing you can rely on is the Word of God. It is absolute truth and unfortunately in our times people want people want to rely on circumstances they want to rely on emotion they want to rely on all kinds of other things that are shifting sand the word of god we got to keep bringing our kids back to teach them what really matters a line your kid should hear from your mouth again and again and again is this is what the bible says this is what god says in his word This is what the Bible says. This is our authority. Nothing else. All other ground is shifting sand. This is our authority. And then finally, Paul says, we need to show them who to trust and who not to trust. The fact is, there are some people in life that you should not trust. Even Christians. There are some people that are weaselly squirrels, and you should not trust them. He says, you know, everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me even Philegius and Hermogenes. Even these guys. Now, we hear these names. I don't know who these guys are, but Timothy, who knew who they were, and we heard it, he heard it. He said, not Phil, not Hermie. There ain't no way. There ain't no way they turned their back. No way. No way. He says, there's some people that you think you can trust that you can't trust. But he says, there are also people you can trust. Don't be so cynical that you trust nobody. There are some people you can rely on. He, he mentions Onesiphorus and all his family because they visited me encouraged me. They were never ashamed of me because I was in change. They visited him in prison and they weren't ashamed. When he came to Rome, he searched everywhere until he found me. May the Lord show him special kindness on the day of Christ's return. And you know very well how helpful he was. In, in, Eph- in, in Ephesus, where Timothy was located. He says, you gotta, you gotta be awake to people. And honestly, there's some people that when they don't smell right, you're, there's a reason your smeller's going off. But don't cause that to push everybody away. There are people in life that are trustworthy and good. Lean into those folks. So I'd ask you this morning of that great list, What does your kid need to hear? What does your kid need to hear from you? What's the thing they've never heard? What's the thing maybe that that person you're spiritually mentoring has never heard from you? Because you you might be looking at this going, man, i got to do all seven. got a long afternoon ahead. No, (laughs) no, no. Pick one. Work on it for a month. Pick one. And just start getting that drilled into your mind and heart. You know? And I'd encourage you even now. Your little kid doesn't have, you have a kid so small that when you talk to them, they look at you and go, Bleh. you know, they no words yet, start saying the words now. Get in the practice of saying the words now. Speak them often. Your kid's 45, your kids 59, speak them today. They need to be heard. Follow the example of Paul, who is a beautiful example of mentoring spiritual children. We want to bring up godly kids. That's the way to do it. Let's pray. Father in heaven, extreme gratitude for this apostle who was willing to be so vulnerable, who was willing to, to lay out before us his emotion and his heart, who wasn't afraid to say to a kid, I love you deeply. You got some blind spots. We need to work on them. There are some people you can't trust, but my goodness, there's some people you need to embrace. He wasn't afraid to show us the, the inner workings of the relationship that he had with Timothy and to set that as an example for us of, that we should follow. And I pray that we would follow it. Our kids are walking into ha- hazardous spiritual times. And while we may look at lines like death as hyperbole, we know there are going to be deaths to be paid what is ahead it may be the death of a relationship it may be the death of a job there are going to be prices to be paid for living strong for God I've had an easy life I've lived in a time that it was not difficult to call yourself a Christian that time is passing. Help us to fortify our kids for what is to come. That they will be bold and courageous. That they will not be timid and they will not be fearful. That they will do what we did not have to do. They will stand for Christ even in the face of deaths. This is our prayer for our children. In Jesus' name, amen. So one of the things I want to encourage you to do throughout this series, you saw it in the update, we gave you um, a a link to dwell. I'd love for you to listen to the whole letter once a week. All four chapters once a week, listen to it. It takes literally 13 minutes, half a a comedy, okay? You you watch a whole TV show, you don't sit down and go, oh, there's going to be too much time, 13 minutes, listen to it once a week, and let the words sink into your heart. See what the Spirit of God says to you. And so on this Father's Day, we get the chance to celebrate the best Father of all, God our Father in heaven. We'll be walking to communion, and we'll be singing as we walk. But would you take a moment during communion today to thank God for one aspect of Him, something that brings gratitude to your heart about who our Father is? We have tables at the front on either side. We have tables at the back. We have gluten-free on either side of the platform, as well as a gluten-free table at the back. So walk to communion and give God thanks for being a great father. Thursday, thought a great way to end would be with a prayer, but not a prayer from me, prayer from a bunch of little kids. So, you got a dad here today it's okay right now to get a little closer, put a hand on them, maybe hold a hand. Or you have someone in your room that's, that's a father, make them uncomfortable with your closeness. Go ahead and do it right now. There you go. <laughs> Boom. And, re- and receive this prayer from God. And
3: now, as you go into your world. May you love you Love children. May you find your identity in being a son of the only perfect father. May you make it possible, make it impossible for your daughters to ever find a husband as good as their dad. May you teach your children that their mother is the most beautiful woman alive. She's really pretty. May you risk more. Worry less. And play hard. May you lead your family, not as a king, but as a servant. Who protects their hearts. Protects their hearts. things. And finally, and finally, may you lay down your life for your family. And may you introduce them to God, to a God that's already done that exact thing. We hope that you have a great day today. Great day today. Have a Great day today. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day.
0: Day. Happy Day. (laughs) Happy Father's Day.